So uh, we've been on this topic talking about sexuality, and uh, a lot of people have been waiting for this one topic as people are asking the question in regards, how do I teach my children um, about sex? How do I give them an education? How do I, you know, how do I approach um, the education? Uh, the topic of sexuality is extremely um, controversial um, because many of us have our, our own opinions um, on how to teach kids. Um, and, and we also, I hate to say it, we're also um, naive and we also don't think about the way it really is, the truth. You know, well, my kid, he doesn't think that. My child doesn't think this. This is what my child needs. So all this comes into that dynamic of it, but it is controversial because um, I have a mission on how to teach my children about sex, and you might have a mission, and your mission might be different. But what is not necessarily or shouldn't be controversial is that the church has remained silent on teaching it. So since the church has remained silent in teaching it, I will say that people, um, the world, are struggling. Our children are struggling. Our children are being swept away by what they see on social media, by what they see um, in regards to graphic images that should have never be seen as a child. They're seeing it at young ages, and they're starting to walk into marriage completely and entirely messed up. And so if the church doesn't regain that ground we will lose that ground. Therefore, what we need to be thinking of, my children will be educated. How am I going to educate them? So we have a couple um, principles on the very uh, front, and I will tell you that um, it's okay to disagree with me. <laughs> All I'm going to do is just say, it. this is how I did it. And you know what? I cannot not teach that. Um, and the reason why is because I wouldn't have done it any different. Um, I'm very... As we look at it, I'm very excited about really what the dynamics that have taken place in regards to training my children. I wouldn't have done it different, so I can't teach any different. You might have done it different, and you might not like my method. But remember how it works. is all you guys, we can just disagree with each other. It's okay. <laughs> There's not necessarily the right way, and this is the wrong way, but um, you will see me speak very aggressively that I think that there is some areas that have not been strong and effective. And prayerfully, I will um, communicate those, and you can get mad at me if, if you don't like it, or you can think of, oh, okay, that's good information. I'll just take it, throw it on the back burner, and figure it out in the long run. So, but there's a couple things that, um, that and you probably noticed, that I think that we're, we're, we're failing on that we've got to watch and take care of. Um, number one, it would be, it's not number one, it's just one of the notes. Sheltering your children is a strategy but it is not a solution. Uh, I'm saying it, it can be a great strategy, but don't bank on it as a solution. What does that mean by sheltering them? Well, I don't want to put my kids in a public school. I don't even want to put my kids in a private school. Um, I want my kids to be home. I want to make sure that they don't see anything. Um, I, I will argue that sheltering your kids is not the solution. Don't bank on that. And you will also see an argument that, and this is what I believe, is that sheltering our kids, you have to work harder. So that would be the challenge. It's, it's okay. Private schools are great. Homeschool is, is great. Keeping your kid away from stuff is great, but I, it might take more work. And it probably will take more work in regards to teaching our, our children sexuality. Just don't take, bank it as a solution. Um, the reason why I say don't bank it as a solution is because I had somebody 
that uh, um, sheltered their kids, and, and they consistently confronted us on youth group because they said, I can't believe there was one swear word that took place in youth group, and my kid will never even hear that. And uh, was extremely frustrated, you know, all the way through. And um, they came into my office one time, and they said, I have a, a huge problem I need wisdom on, and I need um, advice. And uh, the question was, how do I teach my children? And this is, this is a very sheltered family. How do I teach my children um, about sex? And um, I said, well, sit down. Let's talk about it. And I said, oh, how old, how old are your kids? And they said, well, 19. And, uh, and I said, oh, okay. Why do you want to teach him about sex now? So, well, because he's been viewing graphic images, and I caught him viewing these graphic images, and, um, and I need to talk to him about those graphic images. And I said, I have bad news, I have really bad news, and I have really, 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 really bad news um, the bad news is your kid is already educated. The bad, bad news is your kid has been educated for years. And you might deny it, but he's been educated for years. And the really, 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 really bad news is to break the education that he has already received is going to be nearly impossible as a dad when he's 19 years old. It's not a solution. It, 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 it can be a strategy but don't bank on it. I will protect my kids, and they will turn out all right sexually. Don't bank on it. In fact, you must work harder. All right, here's another one. <laughs> I feel like the church is going wrong. You guys could disagree with me. Sitting down in one or two settings is not effective. It takes much, much more. It's just not. It's not effective. I'm going to talk more about that. Giving them a book is not effective. It takes much, 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 much more. Finding an appropriate age to talk to your children should not be a component in sexual education. <laughs> so all you guys are probably, what's going on here? Um, we will um, see where this takes us. But those are kind of the roots of things that I bat against um, just in regards to we got to work under this structure, and we don't want to ruin, we don't want to destroy in those things. And I will tell you that, you know, for my situation, um, uh, I'm raising two girls, and um, I'm just telling you, this is my situation, is that I've thrown them into, into the wolves. They, they go to um, South Albany High School. Um, they've been raised in a public school, and uh, in those things, I'm just saying that that's where I'm at, and that's what I've done. Um, if you have not done that, that is good because every child works different in regards to public schools, in regards to private schools, in regards to home schools. And what, if, what you have done is probably the best for your children. And what I have done might be the best for my children, might not be the best for my children. I don't know. I'm just going to tell you from my perspective on how I gave them sexual education in regards to being in a public, public setting. setting. All right, this is what a must has to be done. I'm, I'm just going to say, if you don't do this, you're struggling. Open up lines of communication. Silence destroys. Kids are going to be educated under any, defin- uh, any circumstances. And if you refuse to open up the lines of communication, your children will never talk to you about it, but they will talk to everybody else about it. And they're going to get educated by everybody else about it. And if they don't get educated by everybody else about it, they'll go to the internet and get educated by it. And that is the area where kids are being destroyed, is kids will be educated, and it will not be with their wife when they get married. It won't be. It will not be with their husband when they get married. 
they will be educated. We are called to, to be the educators. Therefore, open up lines of communication. So just kind of looking at some of the principles. Uh, talk young, but age appropriate. Uh, finding an appropriate age, I'm, I'm going to argue bad against this, finding an appropriate age to talk to your children should not be a component in education. I believe it should not be, but I also believe that you also talk appropriate. What I mean by talk appropriate is, well, one thing that we've done with our children is we told them that they will be educated by us and they will know every more than anybody in their entire classrooms. And what we said to him is he said, if there is ever a word that is said in your classroom, your parents want to give the definition of that word. And um, kids think, well, my parents don't even think those words. They don't use those words. So no, no, we take control of every single definition. Well, that was started from kindergarten. <laughs> you know, we want to know definition. If you have a question, just ask us. And uh, they enjoyed coming to asking us. And, and we were on a walk one day, and uh, Maya was on my shoulders, and and she was young. I, I say she's probably, you know, um, kindergarten, maybe first grade. She's on my shoulders, and my wife was walking next to me, and, and she says, um, they said a bad word. This kid keeps saying a bad word in class. And uh, we're like, a bad word in class, kindergarten, first grade. But you know what? We didn't shock. We said, okay, give us, give us the explanation. You know, what does it start with? She said an F. And I'm like, I tell you, my heart just went, oh, my goodness. In kindergarten and in first grade, I've got to explain this word. Now, I was going to do it in the context of the way that I was supposed to do it, you know, in the context of what I explained that, but um, I've got to explain this word to her, and she's a first grade in a kindergarten. So I started thinking, getting a little stressed, what is our kid going to in those things? And, and uh, so I go, okay, well, let me explain it to you. My wife goes, hold on, hold on a second. Why don't you tell us what the word is? And my daughter says, no. I'm like, my wife says, no, you tell us the word and then we'll explain it. No, I can't do it. She finally says, you just whisper in my ear. She says, okay. So she whispered in my wife's ear and she said, fart. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. I'm glad I didn't talk about that specific word. If she asked the other word, I would explain it in the context of where she is. The other word was, you know, mom and dads make babies, and that's where babies come from. I don't have to go any further. I don't have to go into detail. I don't have to get sick. But the words have to come out no matter what the age are. I would encourage them to come out. Whatever the age is, is that's when they're asking the questions. So if they come to you and they go, I need to talk to you about questions, like you're not old enough to understand that, they're asking the question because they're old enough to understand. <laughs> they're wanting to understand it. So keep those lines of communication consistently open. It was very effective to say, just give us an explanation of the word. I remember giving um, my daughter an explanation of what homosexuality was. And she was young, probably younger than everybody. And, you know, say, well, we can't do that. You can't talk about that until they're older. It's like, no, you talk about it on the age-appropriate time that they ask the question because we wanted those communication lines open. So, um, yes, I gave it to her. It's when, you know, um, two guys are together or two girls together, and they call that a relationship. Well, that's a young age. That's appropriate age. If they're um, 13 and they say, what happens in homosexuality? I'd explain it to them. Um, and I would explain the destruction. I'd explain the reason why it's not God's plan. I'd explain the reason why they're ruined. I'd just be completely open um, in regards to that. But it'd always be um, age, um, age appropriate. Um, the other thing that, to think about is, is talk often. 
You know, another thing is we, okay, I've got to sit down. My child is now 13. I've got to sit down. As I sit down, I have to explain to my child about sexuality. Um, Let me tell you that that explanation will never leave a child's mind for the rest of their life. (laughs) Just let you know. I'm just trying to scare you because you're trying to find one time to talk. That one time will not ever leave that child's mind. The reason why I say that is because I remember the talk, (laughs) and I remember the questions I asked, and my brother, who is not here this morning, but his wife and child is, so I can throw him under the bus, remembers the questions that they asked. What questions did I ask? I mean, that's going to sound really bad. Do breasts get hard when they have sex? I was a child. I didn't know. (laughs) I, I, I asked that question, but that question will never leave my mind. The question my brother asked, I'd put him on the spot if he was here, who gets on top? (laughs) People are trying to think what is going on, and if you put it all in one setting, they remember that one setting, and they are completely scared and intimidated to go into that setting again. So finding that one time is not necessarily a healthy time, because when your children are young, and they're trying to figure out things stick into their mind. Um, My mom educated the oldest, my oldest brother. I will teach you sexual education, and she explained it to him, however I explained it to him. And then as soon as I started asking questions, I remember that one context, but then she gave me Brian, which is my older brother, and said, you teach Mike sexual education. And so I had an older brother that would teach me sexual education. I shouldn't even say this, this is a church, but... uh, um, so, of course, what do we do? We talked about it. So, okay, let's try it. What, what's going on? Tell me it was sexual education. And, and he said, well, you know, there, there, is a, there is a hole. And um, I'm like, there's two boys, young boys, talking. I'm just giving you the conversation. And I'm like, oh, well, do, do the girls pee out of the hole? He says, no, no, there's, a, there's another hole. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, and we're just trying to figure it out. I'm just telling you the way it is because I always remember this. And I asked the question. I'll never forget the question I asked. I said, well, can you have sex in the other hole? And he says, yeah, some people do, and they really enjoy it. That's a wrong education. <laughs> but I remember it. See, what happens is when kids are being educated, they're rich. And you think we're not. Oh, we just don't, don't, don't. We don't want to think. We don't want to think. No, those times in regards to walking into sexuality, children's minds are rich, and they will look back at the conversations. They will look back at what took place. And they, if they act like they're not listening, I promise you, they're listening. They're listening to everything you're absolutely saying. Why? Because kids are wondering. So put them in a situation, ah, it makes it a little more difficult. Give the kids permission um, to talk. I'm just going to give you permission to talk. We, we started at a really young age, and uh, the reason why we started at a young age, and uh, I'd recommend everybody to do this, but most people can't. Uh, the reason why we started at a young age is because we had cows, and uh, we had a bull that would come to our property, and when the bull came to our property, a lot of action would take place. And a lot of action has taken place. A lot of questions were being asked. What in the world is going on? And, and then what we could do is we can explain it in a very relaxed situation. And then we start talking about, well, you just come. We'll give you permission. Do you, you want to talk to me? Talk about it. I'm really relaxed about it. It's no big deal. And then we just explained it even, um, even, as, it, even as it is. And, of course, during the whole process, our kids were young, and they would ask questions, and we never freaked out over the questions. And one question that 
I shouldn't um, give the name. Uh, well, one of my children, I won't give the name. One of my children asked is, um, Dad, do you get on top of Mom like a bull gets on top of the cows? And I said, you know, not exactly. But we're not freaking out over the questions. It is a conversation that consistently happens at our home, and we're not waiting for the appropriate age to talk. And the reason why is if you wait for the, you, you can disagree with me, but if you wait for the appropriate age to talk, you're on the average two years late and sometimes four to eight years late. Our kids are being educated way before, and parents are way, way behind. And if they're not talking, they can't show them the beauty that God has given it to us. So to find an age and say, this is the age, um, you can do it. That's okay. Number one, they will remember it. Number two, they're behind. And then number three, if you don't believe they're behind, I hate to say it, you're naive. We're naive. Because our kids will ask questions at six years old. Our kids will ask questions at seven years old. Just go to it appropriately. Give them permission to talk. Harvest the conversation. Um, then number three, is, or the next one is harvest the permission by asking them questions. We bring it up, and we bring it up all the time in regards to sex. Now that my girls are you know, in high school, we don't need to bring it up. Why? Because we bring it up all the time you know, before. It's just, just talked about it around the house as if, it's, as if it's no big deal, as if it's something that God gave us, as if it's something that it's, it's wonderful. But you just bring it up consistently all the time, uh, not all the time, but just bring it up often. Um, my kids will walk up to us and they will have a conversation. And they, uh, I think they would sh- many people would be shocked if you heard a, a conversation of a child and a, a, a parent <laughs> in regards to us. Oh, what about this, Dad? What about this? They, they will talk about that. They also talk about the relationships that they go through and those things. So uh, go after them. They will not go after you. Bring up sex. Um, they, they won't bring it up. Um, therefore, we have to be proactive, um, very, very proactive. And what we have done is we've done it on a very consistent basis um, rather, than, rather than not a consistent basis. We just make the conversation um, very aggressive in our house, aggressively in the sense of the conversation is alive, and I would say that um, it's been healthy. Um, and I will, you know, my children, they go to a, a public school, and, and some of the things that, that take place there, um, they need explanations for, they need help with, they need to walk with family, they need to be protected, they need to know that their, fa- their parents love them, that their parents are walking them. The worst thing we could do is have our children uh, be in a sexual environment and have them not being able uh, to, to talk to us. All right, the next one. Let your kids know you have sex. Ooh. Some people will say, that's not good. <laughs> um, why? God gave us this awesome thing, and it's inside the context of marriage. There is a beautiful gift that God has given us. It's inside the context of marriage. If you do not know that your, or your children do not know that even happens in the context of marriage, they're not looking at sex as a beautiful thing. They're not. You know, we think of, you know, if we let our children know that we have sex, you know, they will, they will want to come in and see us. If you let you know your children have sex, they will stay so far away from your room that you cannot possibly imagine. Just to give you a, um, a, a story is that my, uh, one of my daughters like to sleep in our room. And the reason why is her room was upstairs. And she was young, and, and uh, young being, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, you know, um, and she liked to sleep there. And, and we just said, you know, I'm not going to argue with you, just sleep, you know. And then we, you know, we'd fall asleep. And, and all of a sudden it started happening, it started happening consistently because she was scared to go up there, you know, by herself. 
And, um, and as she was consistently doing that, my wife, as bold as a lion, I just love her to death, just came up to her and says, you know, are you going to sleep in here again? She says, yeah, I need to sleep in here. I'm scared up there. And my wife says, I just want you to know that your husband and I, or your dad and I, really like to have sex. And we would much rather not have it while you're in the room. She never, she left, and she never came to our room again. <laughs> it scared out her in her mind. It does not bring them in. It actually brings them out. Their kids go, oh my goodness, stay away from mom, stay away from dad. I mean, if the door is closed, our kids are running. They're not trying to, to peek. And, but what happens with that consistent conversation that consistently takes place is they're seeing a celebration inside of the house and they're seeing that there is something wonderful out there as their bodies are saying there's something wonderful in me. And what do we do? We shut that down. We shut it down. We shut it down. Sex is bad. Sex is bad. Sex is bad. Sex is bad. And they're growing up. And as soon as they're growing up, that's what they think. Sex is bad. That's what they think. Sex is not in the context of marriage, even if you say it, because I never noticed that it had ever happened in my home. Um, I do not believe, and you can disagree with me, but I do not believe that, I, and I think we're damaging our kids, if we're telling our kids that are showing our kids or not making sure that our kids don't know we have sex, we're missing an opportunity because they're not being educated. It should be a, a time of celebration. Give them the offense. Um, make subtle, appropriate comments about your spouse uh, to your children. I used to drop my um, youngest daughter off at school, and I drove her to school one day, and, and my wife is the principal at, um, at the school, and she was out there walking amongst a whole bunch of kids and everything, and, and my daughter, you know, again, probably talking 9, 10, 11, 12, I don't, I don't remember what age, uh, no, she's younger than 12, she said, wow, that principal is hot. And I said, who ever told you to talk like that? She says, Dad, you say that every time we pull into the parking lot. <laughs> Just coming out making those subtle comments is, your mom is beautiful in my eyes. That is how they should be treated by her, their husband. And they need to see that in the home. And when they see it in the home, it's, yeah, yeah she's cute, but boy, we don't get into physical. Well, then they will separate those, those pieces of it. So by them bringing it up, subtle comments, points, even go further. Kiss, flirt, laugh in your house. You know what security you bring your children if you kiss? flirt, start talking about, boy, you're absolutely beautiful, you're absolutely gorgeous. Every single little child, girl in their mind is asking the question, am I beautiful? Am I gorgeous? And do you know what kind of security it brings if the dad looks at the mom and says, you are beautiful, you are gorgeous, I think you're wonderful, and if your children have something else to do tonight, now they have driver's license, go somewhere, because it's a nice celebration. See, so you just, you're just making just subtle comments that you don't have to get into graphic details at all, but our children need to know it because they need to know that sex is a good thing rather than a negative thing. Um, let your children know that you enjoy it. You know, just, just simple comments. Yeah, sex is wonderful. Yeah, we enjoy it. <laughs> Too bad you can't have it until you get married because in the context of marriage, and I can explain it, in the context of marriage, that is when it celebrates. That is when it is strong. That is when it is rich. That is when it is powerful. And so what you're doing is we say, don't, 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 don't. And then they're looking at us and say, they don't, 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 don't. And then they get married and they say, do we do, 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 do? And see, they're, they're really, really confused. If we're going to say don't, you've got to give them a positive answer. 
And the positive answer is God's plan, and that's why the book of Song of Solomon is written, I believe, which we got really graphic last week. I do apologize again. I don't apologize. It's the Bible. I'm preaching the Bible. But that's why the book of Song of Solomon is written, is that there is something that is powerful, and sex is the powerful, and when somebody has something inside of them, they want to know what that power is. And I'll tell you that that power should be unfolded inside of the context, in the context of, of marriage. Um, be um, an offensive teacher, not a defensive teacher. Now this is, um, if the church is struggling, sorry, just make comments about this, but if the church is struggling, this is where they're struggling um, the most. And I would say not only a category of stress, uh, sex, but also in the category of raising um, our children is that when we come to church, we turn into defensive teachers, not offensive teachers. What does a defensive teacher look like? Don't, 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 don't. If you do, you better not. And if that's going to happen, ooh, you're going to get. Don't, 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 don't. And we raise our children that way. And when it comes to sex, what do we say? Don't, 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 don't. A thousand times. Don't, 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 don't doesn't make them don't. I hate to say it. It makes them rebellious, and that is biblical. Romans 7, for while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law. The law arouses sinful passion. How does it arouse sinful passion? As soon as you tell somebody don't, all of a sudden it looks exciting. As soon as you tell somebody don't, and I'm not saying don't, never say don't, I'm just making a point here. As soon as you tell somebody don't, then it gives, I hate to say it, but it gives them even a sense of power and a sense of, you know, I really hate my parents right now. Let me just show them. And I tell you that when our kids get older, that's what starts happening Let me show them, and that don't I will do, and I'll tell them that I can be strong, I can be do what I want. That's a sense of rebellion. Where do we get that? We get that by the law. When we say don't, 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 and it starts arousing sin in even our children. Hebrews 7 says the law made absolutely nothing perfect. Nothing got perfect by putting a law down. Why? Because law is, is defense. That's what law is. It is, it is defense. I used to play um, uh, paintball, or paint, what is it called? War paint, splat paint, when I was, in high, or when I was uh, working with the youth group. What do you call it? Paintball. paintball, that's it, paintball, when I was in high school. And uh, these kids had awesome machine guns, and, and I had my guns as well, and um, I always lost. And the reason why I always lost, and I really figured it out, is that I'd hide and I'd wait, and all I'd do is play defense, and they charged me. And offense won every single time. See, what happens is that we have been given a law, and it's in the Old Testament. But Jesus came, and he said something so radical. And do you know the thing that he said so radical? Is that he switched from defense now to offense. What is his offense? Luke 10, 27 says, He answered, Love the Lord God with all your heart, the soul, your strength, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is not a defensive statement. That's verbs going this direction rather than commands going this direction. God wants us to complete the law, and he's saying the law doesn't work, and the reason why the law doesn't work is because it harvests sin. Therefore, start the opposite direction with the Holy Spirit, and it's all going to be opposite. You love God, the law is all going to be taken care of. 
If you love others, there's nothing you're ever going to break in the law. But you see, it's all offense. Teaching our kids, don't, 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 don't. And as soon as they hear, don't, 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 and this beautiful thing is even as I'm going, you know, I'm a sexual person, all I don't, 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 don't. We are destroying our kids. What else can you say to our children? You've got to say the words. Your mom and I, we have sex. Your mom and I, we enjoy it. We love it in the context of marriage. What you need to do is hang on to it. Take it as a golden jewel. Take it as God's plan. Take it as something beautiful. And when these cuss words are given in the classroom, you can describe it, but when you describe it, you tell it as something that's wonderful that could be used into something that's horrible. But see, what you're doing is you're describing it, and you're speaking in an offensive way rather than defensive way. Our children are growing up and saying, we don't know sex is beautiful. We don't know sex is, even in the context of marriage, because our parents don't even have sex in the context of marriage. What's, what's, the deal, what's the deal with that? And kids are going messed up, even if they don't, if they wait all the way to get married and then they get married, just, there's a frustration that takes place. What we do that is wrong is we focus on don't, 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 rather than a whole bunch of do, 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 do. Do would be protect yourself. Do would be take care of yourself. Do would, be, do would be take care of the women, if you're talking to boys. Take care of the women that you're in a classroom with. Remember how sex is powerful? Sex destroys. Take care of the golden jewel that God has given you. Take care of something that is so rich and so strong, and God has such an awesome plan, the most awesome plan in the entire world on. Take care of that. So you're speaking in the New Testament, not by law. And um, number, you know, just look at this. Law kills and love lives. Every time, uh, you know, I work with staff and I've been given responsibility and leadership over um, some staff, and if they come in and they're doing something wrong, you know, we talk about that thing. So, okay, don't do this wrong. But when they leave, they are supposed to be on fire with energy. Because if they leave sad, torn down, beat up, their performance, their work, and everything is just going to go just straight down. They need to leave on fire. Yes, you can deal with issues. You can deal with things. But a job of a parent and a job of a leader is to set our children on fire for what is good rather than cram into their minds what is not good and say that is the only, that's the only source, that's the only thing. Law kills, love lives. Speak about sex in a positive light, not a negative one. Even if it comes in a negative point of view, even if it comes in the forms of pornography, well, you can speak it in a positive light. You know, the pornographic images, just want you to know, that's fantasy that is ruining our world, that is destroying marriages, that's destroying people, that's outside of God's plan. But let me tell you something else. There is a beauty, there is a strength, there is a glory, there is a blessing that is out there that's available. Speak positive about it, not negative. Uh, talk about postmarital sex just as much as premarital sex. <laughs> that's a huge one. Whenever we talk about our sex, what, our children about sex, what do we talk about? Do not have sex before your marriage. What's our focus on? What's our drive? What's our mission? Don't have sex for, about, uh, before marriage. And then all of a sudden they get married. And do you know what they do? They don't know what to do with it. Uh, and the reason why they don't know what to do with it is because I've been told no, 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 no. And all of a sudden I'm sleeping with a man that I'm married to. I'm sleeping with a woman that I'm married to. And there's a dirtiness. There's a, there's a guilt. There's a, a frustration. There's, it's supposed to unfold into this beautiful thing. And I didn't do it. And all of a sudden I'm married. And it's not folded into a beautiful thing. It's actually this frustration, this anger, this, this bitterness. And all we do is we fight over sex in our home. Um, why, are we, why is that coming about? 
what's coming about is because whenever you hear the word sex, you think, oh, it's going to go to children don't have sex. Well, you can say that about 30% of the time. 70% of the time, you need to talk about postmarital sex, not premarital sex. Because why? We're all struggling with it. We're all fighting about it. Marriages are starting to be split. Marriages are starting to separate. The richness of God's plan is not happening. So when we train our children, why would we only focus on premarital, 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 premarital? They will not have sex before their marriage if you focus more on offense and even postmarital than you do premarital. Tell them how wonderful it is. Tell them how much you love your wife. Tell them how much you love your husband. Tell them how much you enjoy sex. Speak completely and entirely offensive. Speak in the context of being not doing. Talk about them, not it. Um, when we ever talk about sex, we start talking about sex is wrong, sex is this, sex is this, sex is this, sex is this. What you want to build is you want to build a character inside of the child. You don't want them to get a law and say, do not do this, do not do this, this will destroy, this will destroy. Your job is to build a character inside of the child rather than build a law inside of the child. What we often do is we try to control behavior, we manage behavior, and all it does is ruin kids. And the reason why it ruins kids is because when, they, when we are not there to control their behavior, then they're left on their own. And when they're left um, on their own, I will tell you that it is, um, um, they feel by themselves. And how many kids are walking through a sexual world feeling by themselves, feeling by themselves? One thing that's um, happening in our high schools today and, and, uh, and our churches. Got to be careful on how I say it, but I know that it has taken place. Um, and it's happening in our young people. Is um, It's very popular to send nudes um, over the phone. And um, so in other words, you take a nude picture of yourself and then you, you, send, it, uh, you send it a direction. It's, uh, it's popular and the pressure is extreme. The pressure is intense and the pressure is consistently happening. And in the pressure as it's consistently happening, what's taking place? Kids are doing it. When a little girl, little girl, high school girl, is getting pressure from a boy, send me a nude, send me a nude, she's asking, does he love me? Does he care about me? He is interested in me. What does he want? He wants my body. I don't understand how my body is functioning and all these things. I mean, is this something that I should do, something I shouldn't do? There's a lot of dynamics that are going into a child's mind when that is coming. So where is she going to get support? Where is she going to get strength? Where is she going to get education of really what is going on and really what that guy who's asking for a nude is thinking and what he wants, and he really doesn't care about her personality. He cares about something else. Um, it's a dangerous thing. And our children are on their own. My uh, daughter, <laughs> i got to brag about this because I loved it so much. My daughter came to me. Uh, one day when I came home from work, and she said, hey, Dad, uh, stand up, take your shirt off. And I'm like, honey, why do you want me to take my shirt off? And she had her phone in her hand. He says, because I want to take a picture of you. It's like, why do you want to take a picture of me? Because I got this guy who's hounding me to give him a nude, and I thought I'd take a picture of you and send it his direction instead of me and get off my back. <laughs> you have to be there with them in this process. And my daughter felt completely comfortable to walk up to me and tell me to take my shirt off. I said, that's a good idea. The only problem is I did think that will probably be posted on social media and then the pastor's giving nudes to men. It's going to go a really wrong direction. <laughs> but she felt comfortable coming up to me, and I would have been felt comfortable to do it if it wasn't for me, 
to do something like that, she wanted to be protected. She wanted to be valued. She wanted to be cared for. And she needed a dad to say, this is what that guy is asking for. He's not asking for you. He's asking for something else that's, that's evil. We have to be educating our kids in the process. One little talk is not going to do it. One book is not going to do it. We have to walk with them through the process. And I will tell you that if we started when our child was 13, it would have never happened. If we started when our child was 10, it would have never happened. I did not want to give a specific sit-down talk with my children, so I started at a very, very young age. As soon as they started asking questions, we talked about it all the time, and all of a sudden we're walking up to 10, we're walking up to 13, they start asking thicker questions because they feel the freedom to ask questions, and we just keep on talking, keep on talking, we're working together, and as we continue to work together, um, they're continuing to lean on us. And that is what children need. As I mentioned before, you know, sheltering your kids is a strategy, um, but not a solution. Um, the solution is that you have to talk probably more than if our children go to public school. And the reason why is because sex is so brought up in the public school and it is so easy to talk about, it's so on the surface, and nobody really cares about how foolish it is, how wide it is, how easy accessible it is. But if, if you're in a closed setting, it's, it could take more power, more strength, more guilt, more like how do you do it and those things. So if you're not consistently talking more and even consistently talking aggressively, then the kids really aren't being educated um, in an understanding of what it's going to be like when they do get married or even what it's going to be like before you get married or why wait. You have to consistently bring it up. And I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to bring it up when our kids bring it up and that's what we want to do, but, you know, in a more sheltered setting, it should, it should be brought up, and, and some people say, might say, oh, I disagree with that, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be brought up. Um, I'm training my kids to be married. I'm not training my kids to, um, I, I want them not to have sex before they get married, and then as a result, I'm training them to be married, and that is my offensive direction to train them, um, is being able to look at that offense. Okay, so continue to move on. Um, Reaction is crucial. Don't react. You are being read like crazy if a child asks a question, if a child brings up question, uh, questions, and do you know what you're being read? Can I talk to my parent? I have a question. Can I talk to my parent? I'm going through a situation. If I explain the situation, will my parent just smile? I tell you, I smiled when my daughter said, hey, take off your shirt. I'm like, that is good. They want to know if, you, if, if they have permission. And if you're not relaxed, they don't have permission. Be relaxed about it. Talk about it. You know, people right here, you know, as I'm talking to you guys, um, you know, I'm being very, very aggressive. And, uh, and I'm being very... Um, being very um, what is it, bold, um, being very graphic. Um, last week we talked very, very graphic. Why am I being very, very graphic, um, bold? Is it because of me? Is it because I'm strong? Is it because I'm just going to do this and I'm going to say this? It's not. It's actually because of you. Um, and the reason why is I will go as far as I possibly can if people are wanting to hear it, wanting to learn it, and want to understand it, and will forgive me in the entire process. So I'm going to go all the distance because of you guys' maturity to say, yeah, let's hear it. Let's talk about this. Hey, this is a subject we need to talk about. Just talk about it. But our children feel the same way. Um, 
they uh, are going to give you permission to talk about it or they're not going to give you permission to talk about it. And the way that they're going to give you permission or not is how relaxed are you? How comfortable are you? Um, Act completely comfortable. Don't make them question what they say is wrong. It's the worst thing you could possibly do. I said something, ooh, don't, you don't, 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 don't. Well, that's great, but we're working on sexual education. (laughs) I mean, if they say something, don't shut them down. Say, okay, well, you know, this is a better way. You know, as you talk and you keep that conversation um, lines um, consistently, consistently going. Um, And then this last one, have two rules. They won't listen to three. Now, um, this is another area where we really mess up. (laughs) If we can shove more information in our children's mind, the more they will behave. The more information that you shove into your child's mind, the less the information has power. When you give your children information, you want to give them a punch of power and they only can hold on to about two. If you stretch to three, you're going to start losing them. If you stretch to four, you're going to start losing them. That's where, that's where, we, lose, that's where we lose our kid. So, you know, if you only have two rules, it's like you've got to have more than two rules. I mean, number one, you've got to say don't, get sex, don't have sex before you're married. That has to be like a rule. And number two, you've got to say, well, don't, you know, have pornography. That's got to be a rule. Number three is you also got to tell your kids not to touch a lady if they start dating. That's got to be a rule. The other one you have to do is you have to tell the kids not to start kissing. I mean, all of a sudden, you've got to have a thousand rules. Um, that's where we mess our kids up. Because if you put a thousand rules out there, none of them make a difference. Two rules. These are just the two rules that uh, my wife and I um, had. And it would be, talk to us about everything always. Uh, we wanted to encompass absolutely everything. And we want to walk with them in their life. We don't want them to be alone. That's, that's a rule. Well, you didn't say don't have premarital sex. What happens if they're talking with us? always <laughs> we can work through those systems because we're walking together so our rules weren't don't have premarital sex don't do this 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 we said okay what i want you to do is just want to talk to you talk to us always now watching our um, kids um you know transform during those days i'll tell you that my wife um is so open and talking to her children they just tell us everything um they tell us everything about everybody <laughs> i mean they 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 just talk to us and they talk to us aggressively, they talk to us honestly, they just talk to us. And as we're walking, I would say we're not, definitely not a, a perfect family at all by any means, but this is a rule that they actually listen to and they love, and we love the process. Now, of course, it takes a lot of things. We can't be shocked when they come. We've got to talk to them about, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of things, but we harvest that. And uh, my wife and I say we will harvest it. It will not be budged at all that would be a rule then the other rule we have is just don't lie about it just don't lie let's just talk let's work through life um um, you know this is what happens when we're raising kids is that when they're young there is rules there needs to be rules um but what happens is we don't get out of the rule mindset when our children are older and what happens is that if you look at the study of, of children, the most influential in a person's life, the most influential person in a child's life is from one to five is their mother, carries an extreme amount of influence on the child. And then from six to 11, the most influence um, the person has in the life is the father is the most influential person. And then from 12 to 18, who's the most influential person? 
It is their peers. Um, so rules, 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 and carrying those rules, 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 rules separates you in the process when you don't want them to be separated from you. You want that relationship during that to be, to be like this. And if you have a whole bunch of rules and then you walk into that time of life, you'll see it. It's going to pull, 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 pull. When you don't want it to pull, you want it to go, 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 go because they need somebody that is, that is next to you. So those are just the two rules that we put down. Uh, talk to us about everything um, and don't lie. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to lose it. We're not going to wonder, question you, question your behavior. If you tell us something that happened, which our girls have told us some things that happened, you know, let me tell you what happened at school today. And they'll just say it. You know, that, that's what you need in your house. And if sex is never talked about in your house, you, you will never get that in your, in your house. And, um, and in our house is where we should be training our kids. And, um, and the parents are the ones that should be training them rather than, rather than anybody else.